Hello and welcome to the Faith and Family Matters podcast, where we talk about issues that strengthen our faith and build stronger family connections. Please join us for today's podcast with our host, William Hemphill II, Pastoral Counselor. Hello, everybody. This is William Hemphill, Pastoral Counselor, and I want to talk about a subject that we're all dealing with at this time. Uh, That subject is dealing with grief during a pandemic. Dealing with grief during a pandemic. During this crazy season in our lives, there will be times when many of us feel what I would call an unexplainable sadness. There are times when we don't feel like doing anything and may shut ourselves away. It's even possible that some of us are having difficulty sleeping. There are other of us that may find ourselves find ourselves a little bit on edge and unexplainable anger. Things that normally may slightly irritate us set us over. And we will wonder what's going on with us. Why are we reacting this way? One of the things that I think is going on with us is that we are grieving. As a people, and on this planet, we are grieving for so many reasons. I would almost call it a collective grief. Some of us are experiencing what I'd call anticipatory grief. It's that sadness, anger, it's that expression and sense of loss that occurs when we know something is about to happen. The moment of loss hasn't occurred yet, but we are anticipating the loss. An example might be in my life before my mother passed away. She was dealing with stage four cancer and was about to go on hospice. And so I knew that she was near the end of her journey. So there was a time when she wasn't there that I sat at her house, sat by myself, in the room, and I just cried and cried and cried over and over again. I knew what was happening with me because I have been a chaplain and have worked in the profession and dealt with grief. But it was that hurt inside of me, that sense of impending loss, that sense of knowing that at some point my mother was going to finish her earthly journey and I'd no longer be able to talk to her. It was that sense of grief that came because I would no longer be able to sit at her house, talk with her, eat my favorite foods, find a place of comfort when I was alone. Anticipatory grief. 
in this pandemic, some of us are experiencing that type of grief. We are grieving the potential loss of life of our loved ones, personally, and I would say worldwide also. Some of us have loved ones who are sick. Some of us have loved ones who are in the ICU and barely clinging on to life, even as I speak. And at the same time, we're not allowed to go and see them because of the medical condition and the contagiousness of this virus. So I imagine there's some sadness, there's anger, and there's unexplainable hurt. Some of us are grieving the loss of income, jobs that are now gone, businesses that are now closed, bills that cannot be paid. And we're worried about whether we can buy food, buy medicine, pay the mortgage, pay the rent. What will we do during these times? And some of us are sitting in that sadness almost paralyzed. I imagine we're also grieving the loss of connection. There are some of us who have loved ones in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. We can't go see them. I have a family member who's in an assisted living facility at this time. I can't go see him. Some of us, we can't go see our siblings, our relatives, our friends, because it's not safe for us to do so. And so we're grieving that loss of human connection. People of the Jewish faith will be spending Passover at home. Christians will be spending Easter in their homes. And so that sense of community, in many ways, that loss of connection is also being grieved. And we're wondering why we are sad. Some of that loss, I dare even say, is even with physical touch. The other day, I was walking outside and we had some new neighbors move into our neighborhood. The child saw me as I was out and just started talking to me. You know, kids are friendly, start talking, whatever else. So I had a conversation with him. The mother saw him and eventually came out and I went over to introduce myself. A funny thing happened on the way to introducing myself. I walked to the edge of their driveway and stopped. She walked out into part of their driveway and stopped. And we kind of looked at each other. And in that moment, we both realized how things change. Because we both talk about how we're both people that normally hug people. But during this time of physical distancing, it isn't safe. Later on, they were out. And the husband was coming, playing with the child again. We looked at each other from a distance. And all we could do is wave and say hello. 
couldn't go shake hands because of physical distancing. Touch is a part of connection. And there are many of us who are feeling extra lonely during this time because we're not able to touch one another. The loss of connection. And then, of course, there are those of us who are dealing with death itself. Family members have passed away. Friends have passed away. Co-workers have passed away. Not only do we mourn their loss, but we also mourn the loss of traditions that help us during this time. What do I mean by that? Right now, we can't even go to funerals. Funerals are limited to 10 or less people. In other words, the ways that we would traditionally say goodbye to someone, we can't do it. And so I say all of that to say this. If you're finding that it's difficult to sleep, if you feel like you're a little bit on edge, or you're feeling an extra burden of sadness and don't feel like doing anything at all, understand that it's normal. Because we are dealing with grief as a society during this time. I want to give us some thoughts or suggestions we can use to help us during this season of grief and sadness. Number one, I would say this. Just get up and get moving. Getting up and getting moving is an accomplishment in and of itself. When we get up and move our bodies, we are signaling to the world and signaling to ourselves that we are still living and it is okay. So the first thing is just get up for the day. The second thing I would say that can help us during this season is to connect with someone. Connect with someone somehow. This past weekend, I was missing my brother and his family, and was wondering when I would be able to see them again. So I got on the iPad, and I dialed his number on FaceTime. Was able to connect. He was sitting with his family. So we had a good chat, and me and him talked, which me and him talk a lot. But here's the other thing. I got a chance to see my little niece, she was laying on him and smiling at me and calling my name and all that stuff, talking to my wife and joking. Got a chance to see my nephew as he's recovering from his surgery. He's walking around, telling jokes, watching him eat all the food in the house. Got to see my sister-in-law and laugh and talk with her and feel sorry for her because she's got to cook food for that big old teenager in the house. 
but we had a chance to laugh together. In other words, we used the technology to make a connection with each other. Connect with someone somehow. You may not be able to touch somebody, but we can still call. You may not be able to touch somebody, but we can still video conference or FaceTime or Zoom. Connect with somebody because it makes a difference. Number three, a way to handle doing this handle this season of grief, this malaise that is occurring. Get outside if you can. Just get outside for a few minutes. Where I'm living, it's springtime. And springtime brings a lot of pollen. And I do have allergies because of that pollen. But I still take my medicines, whatever, and I get outside for a few minutes a day. Try to walk at least 30 minutes. With my wife, by myself, sometimes I see people riding their bikes. I see other people in the park. I've seen other people just sitting and watching the pond or lake. Maybe sometimes you just get in your car and get out and go for a drive. Get outside in order to break the monotony and the cabin fever of being in the house. Number four, number four way to deal with grief during this time and season, the malaise of this time and season, create a ritual of remembrance. This is one of the things I do with people that I often counsel for grief when I host grief groups and different things like that. We may not be able to attend the funeral of a loved one, but we can write a letter to say goodbye. We can sing some favorite songs or dance to some favorite songs that we had with them. We can cook or eat their favorite dish. We can connect on the phone or conference call or Skype or FaceTime with others in a group chat and just start laughing and telling the stories of how this person has touched us. As people of faith, we can also pray that our loved one is in God's hands. In other words, we create our own rituals of remembrance during this time and season and find creative ways to say goodbye to our loved ones. We may not be at the funeral, but it doesn't mean we can't say goodbye and honoring their memory. And number five, I would say this. If you're feeling a lot of sadness and grief, overwhelmed, anxious, upset, if the emotions are getting to be too much to bear, I would say talk to a counselor, a therapist, maybe a clergy person, whoever it might be. Many therapists are meeting with people during this time via phone or video. In other words, lots of therapists are still available even if you can't go into their office. 
I imagine clergy persons would be willing to talk to their parishioners during this time. In other words, reach out because therapists offer non-judgmental, safe, and confidential spaces for us to vent our feelings, process and heal our wounds, and help to find solutions to our problems. So these are just some things I just wanted to share with us today. Ways that I hope can encourage us during this time when many of us don't understand what fully is going on. I like to tell people just take it day by day. Take it day by day. Find something to be grateful for. Thank God for that gratefulness. And if you can connect with a loved one in any type way, please connect with them. Because it's during that time, during seasons like this, when love is really needed. Let us continue to love one another. Continue to pray for those who are working to help us through this pandemic. And know this, we will get through this with God's grace and love. This is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, thanking you for listening to us on today's podcast. Take care. God bless you. God bless our families. And God bless those who are working so hard to help us live better lives. This is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, and I thank you for listening to today's podcast. Just wanted to share a brief announcement with you. If you live in the state of Georgia, I am offering individual, couples, and family counseling via phone or video, also known as telemental health. Again, if you're in the state of Georgia, I now offer counseling via phone or video for individuals, couples, and families. Please go to my website, www. WilliamHemphill.com. That's www.williamhemphill.com. There you will see a banner that drops down on the front page. My email address and my contact number is located. There's also a button that you can press where you can request an appointment with me. Again, that website is www. WilliamHempill.com. You can also go to www.fefeonline.org. Thank you so much and take care. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope that the show has been a blessing to you. If you would like more information on personal counseling, couples counseling, adoptive family counseling, or other products and services, please go to ffeonline.org. For questions about the show, please email us at faithandfamilymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 